Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. The movies this week are Dead Heat from 1988 with Treat Williams and Full Eclipse. Just to show you that cops can suck too. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. How was everybody's week? Besides so Doug ended up with no cable on the internet. Do you think anything happened to your house, Noah? Uh, I've spent the last three weeks beating my face against the wall trying to solve a balancing issue at the bank. Oh. I thought you meant just like a balancing issue, like, I can't balance, and you keep falling and banging your face into the wall? No, more like, uh, I was handed a big pile of stuff, and they were like, this is supposed to be zero, and I was like, uh, okay, well, what's any of this mean? And everybody was like, we don't know what it means! It's like, what am I supposed to balance again? This report! Well, what does that report say? We don't know what it says! Well, that's good. It was, it was, it was pretty intense. I... I basically had to go outside the bank to, like, the companies that generate the reports and stuff and slowly put together, like, the pieces of the puzzle to find out what everything means. And now I'm to the point where I've solved it and I can tell you where every offage is and all that kind of stuff. And the next step is now I need to fix the problems, the, you know, things that are off. And in order to do that, I need this mystical, magical report that apparently is generated by Core. And uh, no one can tell me where that report is or how to get it. Uh-huh. I don't think anybody cares about your work trouble, though. That's yeah, pretty fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> I can just tell you what went on at my work this week, too, but I don't think people want to hear it. You got to work on Friday? Me? Anybody? Yeah. Oh, that's a bummer. Oh. It's not. I pretty much, I pretty much volunteer to work that day. I don't want to be out in the world while all those shitty people are out doing their no. shitty stuff. No, but you could be at home doing your shitty stuff. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> which is where I'm going to be. Is uh, after like half a day tomorrow, I don't have to work again until next Monday, which is fantastic. Um, and then the wife has to work on Friday. And she got suckered into teaching some sewing classes because, I don't know, that's a thing. And so then she's got to do that after her main job. So I'm literally going to have the entire day to myself. It's going to be glorious. What's that like? Uh, Lots of Red Dead 2 will be played. That's what that's like. Okay. Thanksgiving, I'm going to go over to the uh, brother's house and eat some turkey. Then I'm going to go home and watch some Joe Bob. That's right. Another Joe Bob marathon. Don't know any of the movies, though. Curious. Curious what the lineup's going to be. I was going to say, the uh, the theme is Dinners of Death, so... Mm-hmm. The maybe. obvious one is Texas Chainsaw, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe Texas Chainsaw. Yeah, I'm curious what the others are. The Cannibal Holocaust. Uh, Dead Alive for the custard scene? Yeah, I can see that. Thanks, Killing. Mm. Yeah. Be careful. Yeah. Don't show things. Killing three. You don't. You don't want to sit through that. <laughs> no. No. I've never seen any of them. So the first thing's killing. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's good, but it's good for a laugh at least. It's a it talking is, turkey. It's um, gloriously self-aware. Yeah, like it's it's a talking turkey slasher film. There's there's a scene where the turkey cuts off a girl's dad's face. And just wearing it as a mask. 
and it's literally like a turkey with just dead face skin hanging over its face. And there's five of them in the room with it, and nobody figures out that it's the turkey. <laughs> oh, God damn it, I gotta watch that again. <laughs> it actually does sound good. I may have to watch it. Feel like I feel like it might be in line with like be like the Santa sleigh for my uh, Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, you should watch it. Let us know what you think because it's it's pretty fun. The mm. don't watch the sequel, which is part three. Mm. All right. Uh, well, some stuff we did watch. Uh, my seamless transitions. Uh, <laughs> we were talking about some. Some you monster might, cops. Well, you might as well make us like a drop-in sound bite that just goes Segway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, so we're watching monster cops this week. Uh, I believe this was a Noah episode. Noah. Um, I think everyone was going to figure out this was a Noah episode. <laughs> We'll see. We'll see. Uh, <laughs> I don't even know where I was going with it. Um, yeah, so first up, we're going to be talking about Dead Heat. Noah's favorite, Joe Piscopo. Uh, so this deals with two cops uh, who discover undead thugs that keep showing up to rob jewelry stores. They go to investigate. One of the cops gets thrown into a chamber that they use to euthanize animals by basically just suffocating them by sucking all the air out of the room. Just it's not how they euthanize animals. No. Dare I say. <laughs> the best thing is they're like, it's painless. And it's like, that's not painless. That's no. like the worst way to die. <laughs> uh, so he ends up dying because a mysterious hand pops up and starts the controls after he's been locked in there. Uh, and then uh, Joe Piscopo and was it was it the dude's somewhat on again off again girlfriend that shows up? Do they decide let's throw him on this this undead machine and then bring him back to life? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, it seems to be about it. Yeah. Uh, so of course he's alive again, and he feels great, and now he's even kind of a better cop because he can just barge right in and not have to worry about dying from getting shot and all that kind of stuff. But it looks like the unfortunate side effect is his body and cells do start breaking down. So that kind of puts a ticking clock on them trying to solve like what's going on with these undead thugs, who's behind it, why they're behind it, and uh, trying to solve that mystery. Uh, first time watch for me, Doug. Have you seen this before? No, I have owned this movie for like a decade because it came in a cool looking box set that was shaped like a six pack of beer, yeah. and I never watched it because you... Joe Piscopo on the cover. <laughs> what did you think? Uh, this was a surprisingly fun movie. It was somehow this movie managed to know exactly how to set the tone for a zombie cop movie starring Joe Piscopo and Trent Williams. <laughs> it's just like one of those things where you're just like, oh, they know that everyone is already laughing at them just because of the description. So they decided, fuck it. <laughs> and they went with it. <laughs> and they bring in Vincent Price towards the end just to like seal the deal. And yeah. I mean, the film is ludicrously 80s and super fun to watch. It is. The, whenever you see TV shows that make fun of 80s cop movies, every one of the like things they're making fun of is this movie. Like, it, it literally starts with like their boss going, You guys blew up a truck! You're on double deep suspension! <laughs> this movie, yeah, like it's, but it's like, to explain to people who haven't seen the movie how ridiculous that that police chief is being, you have to understand that there's a shootout between like two like undead guys who, okay, we don't know they're undead at the point, and a bunch of police officers. Like nine police officers get killed, 
And finally, one of these super cops jumps into a car and slams it into that guy to prevent him from killing any other cops. And they're like, I can't believe you used a police vehicle without permission. It's like, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) (laughs) That's followed immediately by a scene where they go to the morgue and the girl, like the the girlfriend or or whoever, ex-girlfriend, I guess, she's like, these guys have been here before and they've been autopsied before. And the the head of the morgue tries to pass it off as a mistake she made. She's like, obviously, she declared him dead too early and they got up and walked out. They've been autopsied. (laughs) They had all their organs removed. (laughs) So she's like, I think somebody's up to no good. Well, you can't jump to wild conclusions. (laughs) It's like, what the hell is happening? Ugh. First time watch for me as well, and I'm pretty much on the same boat. Like, I'm just like, well, this movie's going to be ridiculous and probably terrible. And I was correct. It is ridiculous. But I would not say it's terrible because it completely just leans right into its humor. Yeah. It knows exactly what it's doing and, like, why it's doing it, which makes it even better. Yeah, you know, what I love, too, is, like, after the one guy's a zombie and he comes back, the two of them just immediately go back into buddy cop mode. <laughs> they're, just, they're driving around. He's, like, he stops to get some makeup because he starts to decompose. And he stops to get, like, some color to put on him to, so he'll look still look human while they're investigating what's going on. And the guy's just making fun of him for buying makeup and shit. <laughs> He's dead. You might want to let it go. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> it's so good. Uh, this whole movie is just like, yeah. I don't want to say it makes no sense, but I mean, it completely is just like, yeah, we don't give a fuck. Just enjoy it. And then, like you said, they decide, well, people may not be enjoying it enough, so we should probably bring in Vincent Price because everybody loves Vincent Price. And then that makes it even better. Well, and the other thing, too, is, like, Vincent Price shows up on a TV screen, and you're like, oh, nice little cameo. Then he pops in for the last, like, 15 minutes of the movie. He's, like, a major character all of a sudden. (laughs) And you're like, oh, that's not a cameo. That's a starring role for Mr. Price. Good for him. (laughs) He's the perfect person for that role. Like, when the, the plot is revealed that he's just this kooky old rich guy who's trying to sell immortality to other rich people. Like, who else should be doing that except old man Vincent Price with his big white mustache? <laughs> and white suit, too. Yep, yep. Uh, so, Noah, I'm going to assume you're a big fan of this movie. Uh, actually, this was a first time watch for me. What? I, I, I totally based, uh, did this one based off of the trailer. Oh. I figured you had seen it before. No, well, no, I had not. I had heard of it a bunch of times, and it's been on my to-watch list forever, but I'd never right. actually watched it. And god damn it, I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I think it hits, it hits pretty much the right balance of like funny stuff versus pretty... I, I'm not going to say scary, but effective horror stuff, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I was like, going to say that I feel like the special effects are really good in this. Yeah, the the zombie makeups are all real good. Like uh, his girlfriend, kind of like decaying in front of him. The blonde chick. I mean, mm-hmm. that's that shit was fucking cool. And uh, I I felt like Joe Piscopo was a little wasted in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like they just had him popping up to throw one liners that weren't very good because they were weird eighties. Oh, an extra set of panties. She's going away for more than one day. Which is, I mean, technically, that's a good way to measure whether somebody's going out of town and whether they're taking extra clothes with them. But I'm not sure if that's the way you would choose to word it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I felt like there's this weird thing that happens in the middle of the movie where I'm assuming we're going to go full spoilers. This is all that's Nobody cares. We've, uh, yeah, we've already spoiled the ending. Might as well. But but Joe Joe Piscopo like gets killed off screen. Yeah, that is weird. It's so fucking random. They just find his body. Like it's just, and it's just a throwaway moment in the movie. And he's supposed to be the other fucking main character. 
And not even just find his body. Wasn't he like suspended upside down in his fish tank? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Something really fucking cool yeah. happened and we didn't get to see it. Exactly. Yeah, but you weren't that there's no scene they could have filmed with that ended with him dangling upside down with his head in a fish tank that would have been as much fun as just walking in and having her like backing up and he's dangling behind her <laughs> and she like bumps into the body hanging and hasn't noticed it yet uh i'll also say fucking so so the movie's kind of a not exactly a slow burn because i mean it is kind of like a 80s comedy action thing but mm. it, it's got like a pretty singular mood to the movie right up until I would say the ambulance scene. And then it switches gear and fucking you get treat Williams go full on zombie rampage. You know? <laughs> and and that and that zombie rampage is gloriously drive in. I mean glori- the the shit with him and that dude shooting at each other with machine guns for like a full minute and a half on screen. <laughs> and then all, all that does is knock the other guy back into that room, tosses a grenade at him, turns around and walks away. The explosion just happens off screen. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking loved it. The explosion happens off screen and it just you just see the, the debris behind him. You're like, all right. <laughs> or the end, they finally corner uh, Batty McBaddington, who of course is the coroner who everybody assumes is an idiot at the beginning of the movie because it's the 80s. We can just fucking be as cliche as we want to be. Nobody assumed he was an idiot. Everybody knew he was a bad yeah, guy. Yeah, everybody knew he was a bad guy from the first 20 minutes of the movie. So he he kills himself before they get their hands on him. So they use the resurrection machine to resurrect him just so that they can kill him again. <laughs> When we, use this, when we use the resurrect machine on him twice and then he just fucking blows up <laughs> but I mean as, as far as like 80 movie, 80s like horror stuff that became like uh, cult classics why the fuck isn't this a cult classic like no. I never hear anybody talk about this movie it, it's awesome <laughs> Never hear anybody talking about it, but whenever it comes up, people seem to be like, "Oh yeah, I love that movie." Right. Nobody seems I've like they want to bring it up first. I've never heard anyone say anything about this movie, literally, in any discussion. Really? Like I say, I bought it by accident because it came in a cool box set, and it never occurred to me to watch it because I'm just like, "Why would I watch that?" Because <laughs> Joe Piscopo and Tree Williams. See, that doesn't sound like you're selling me a movie, though, does it? No. <laughs> uh, I think my my new favorite part of this entire movie is so <laughs> we sit down to to eat dinner and I was like I gotta watch one of my movies because I'm running out of time and you know sure it's like that's fine and so I, t- I turned it on and the credits start rolling and, and from the, the corner of the room all I hear is uh, Joe Piscopo <laughs> <laughs> just just this sigh of defeat. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The interesting thing is there is a uh, Blu-ray of this, but there are zero special features on it. That's disappointing. I feel like there's a lot to say about this movie. Why is there not like a special edition out? I I almost watched it with the director commentary or whatever commentary is on the DVD, Mm -hmm. but uh, I didn't, so it means nothing. It's, it's just, it's, like I said, it's so odd. I, I totally get why when this movie came out, it wasn't a smashing success. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because you can just see, you know, the, the, the attitudes of the 80s and stuff were not very conducive to something of this nature. If you were going to go horror or comedy, it's more like the burbs is the way to go. Mm-hmm. But well, I just don't, like I said, I don't get it. This is, this this is, I need this. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, need, I need this movie. Yeah, it's, yes. definitely, it's definitely going to be something that gets a lot more watches out of me. Like, sometime in the future when I'm bored standing in my DVD room trying to pick one out, it'll get picked again. So I'm guessing this is the, uh, the box set that you have, Doug. And this seems like a weird combo of movies. Uh, so it looks like a six-pack. It's got a little handle on it. Yeah. So, City of the Living Dead, mm-hmm. Nightmare City, 
Yeah. House by, house by the cemetery. Yeah. Let sleeping corpses lie. Yeah. And dead dead heat. Yeah. Like dead heat does not belong in movies, does it? No. Not belong in that box set, but also that box set sounds fucking amazing. How much does that cost? I think uh, I paid like eight dollars for it or something ridiculously cheap. But that well, was one that's why yeah. they uh, yeah, on Amazon it is listed as currently unavailable. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> Fucking Amazon. Yeah, that's that's an interesting uh, pack, but yeah, those <laughs> dead. One of these things is not like the other <laughs> for damn sure. I'll, I'll be honest. You tell me, box set with uh, Nightmare City and City of the Living Dead, and I'm probably gonna buy that some bitch. I'm not saying it's, it's not a good box set. I'm just saying, I think they put them together. We were like, we only got five, and it was like, ah, eh, throw that dead heat. It's technically got zombies in it. Do we, do we have Nightmare City on the list? I don't think we do. Which that's weird. It's <laughs> weird that it's not on the list. Yeah, dude, it's super nuclear fucking vampire zombies. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I ain't just told you I own it. Yeah, you don't have to sell us on it. We're just we're just saying. I can think of like four other movies besides Dead Heat that you could team it up with right off the top of my head. I just I I feel like I have the opposite problem as everybody else. It's like I have two drinks and then I don't put stuff on the list. <laughs> well, does anybody else have any favorite other favorite parts of this movie? All the movie. <laughs> Yeah, anytime there's violence and they're just shooting at like zombified people and they're just getting blown away and nothing's happening, the use of squibs in this movie is they don't hold back at all. No. Especially like when Treat Williams just is randomly getting shot during stuff and his pretty much his entire chest is just blowing up. Yeah. At that yeah. point in time, too, he's got so many squibs on him that he can barely move. So he's almost operating like Terminator, walking through that building, just turning at people, shooting keeping going, turning again, shooting the next guy. It's Yeah, he, he did very much remind me of Arnold in like any any scene from Terminator where he's just walking through a building, just taking people out. They shoot him in the back, he turns around and shoots that guy. Moves on with his day. <laughs> I did uh, I did love, like, you know, two-thirds of the way through the movie you hear Joe Piscopo like, ah, remember the good old days when guns actually killed people? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, we didn't talk about that. The fucking because that joke was from the uh, the scene where they're in the, the Chinese food shop and he turns on the resurrection oh. machine and they yeah. have one of the most bizarre fight scenes ever in a movie. Oh, it was so fucking weird. <laughs> Fighting a whole cooked pig and uh, a bunch of duck necks. Yeah, was, uh, yeah, so, yeah. They like track it down that they the person they were looking for went to this Chinese shop to drop some stuff off. So they go, and it turns out they're working together. And this guy has yeah, a resurrection machine built into his store. Why? Why wouldn't so they could have this sweet scene? Yeah, pretty much. So he hits it, and all the dead food in his store just starts coming to life. It's so fucked up. <laughs> yeah, it's gloriously gross. Before that, we get a moment where there's just a giant shirtless Chinese man cutting meat, and when they like, they're like, "We have some questions," and they display their badges. He cuts their badge in half. Response. I love the fact that he shoots him and he goes down, and he's like, "That only took one shot." He's like, "Not everyone's a zombie." Uh, and then, yeah, like the giant side of beef, like comes strolling oh out of out of the freezer. Uh, I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I love it, but what the fuck is going on? Like, like I said, it's it's just the horror stuff in this is is just so good, so so much better than you'd ever expect it to be. Oh yeah, yeah. It's in in the only movie I can like. I was trying to think of a movie to compare it to, 
and the only movie I can compare it to, and I'm not talking about in quality because that would be ridiculous, but Big Trouble in Little China, mm-hmm. only because of the genre smashing that they're doing and like how well they're just layering them on top of each other and just going full bore with both. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what else you would compare this to, Evil Dead 2 or something, I guess. Uh, yeah, and it's like tough. It's it's tough to like nail it down because it is like so many things like smashed together that you didn't realize you wanted smashed together until you watched this movie. Yeah, like I said, because it's not like you know a lot of the times whenever they attempt to do multiple genres, they just take bits and pieces of each, and that's not what this is. This is a horror movie, and this is an '80s buddy cop movie. And this is an action revenge movie. <laughs> like, of course, yeah. N- nothing you're saying there is controversial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's so weird though. Like, I, I don't like. I, I don't know how to describe this film properly. Mm. It's just the craziest shit. I've said. This like, it's so weird. Yeah, it's it's definitely something that needs to be experienced rather than described. And this movie reminded me of one of the nagging questions that will last forever. Why was there never a Joe Piscopo, Andrew Dice Clay buddy movie? How did that never happen? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good point. It just seems obvious. Like, like I, if you just say that to somebody, somebody would go, no, that movie's got to exist. Did you look? Does it exist? It does not. I did look. <laughs> I was like, surely this has happened sometime. Yeah, I was like, it had to. Because they basically, they're, they're on-screen movie personas. You know, Joe Piscopo's uh, awkward, tough guy. <laughs> and uh, Andrew Dice Clay's awkward, tough guy. <laughs> it just seems like they would go together so well. Hmm. Yeah, needs to happen. Well, I don't know if needs to happen is the way to describe that. We may have missed our opportunity on that one. No, I'm saying we need to invent time travel and go back in time and make sure it happens. Uh, Okay, you do the first part. (laughs) (laughs) All right, does anybody else have anything else to say before we move on? No, you guys keep talking for a minute, though. Keep talking for a minute because what I did right now is I turned the TV on and mute, and I'm just rewatching the scene in the Chinese restaurant. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist myself. I'm like, oh, the remote's right here. (laughs) It would be horrible not to. Attacking Joe Piscopo as we speak. I believe that's just a piece of liver or something that jumped onto Treat Williams' face. (laughs) Oh, that's. Fantastic. So good. good. I just found the the one flaw in this film, though, because it is trying to suffocate Troop Williams, but he doesn't breathe because he's dead, so that's a mistake. Yeah, we found out he could hold his breath in the jacuzzi for five minutes. Yeah, and then just Joe Fisco of the great one. What what does he say? Like, teach my girlfriend to do that? Since they're both still alive, maybe we could get a weird Bubba Hotep-esque retirement movie with Joe Piscopo and Andrew Dice Clay. Well, here we go. In the trivia on IMDb, it says the writer, Terry Black, was approached by New World Pictures to write a sequel to Dead Heat. Black told a New World executive that a sequel would be hard to do because all the main characters died at the end of the first film. The executive responded, you've got a resurrection machine. You figure it out. The sequel, however, was never made. You've got a resurrection machine figured out. Well, it's a solid point. (laughs) I don't usually side with the suits on these issues, but I mean, in a movie about people coming back from the dead, everyone's dead is not a strong argument as to why you can't make a sequel. Oh, I'll tell you what, though. The the end scene of uh, the two guys walking out of the building and kind of it, it flushing to white and them just talking. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's a great fucking last scene. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Of any movie. Even if they go with a weird cliche uh, thing of this could be the end of a beautiful friendship. 
I love that line. Yeah, it's good, but it's it's cheesy '80s good. But oh yeah, but it's it's actually like in the context of the film, like the, early in the movie, they're talking about like what would you do if you knew it was your last day, and as they're walking out of there, they do know that they've come full circle. It's actually good plotting for a film and good script writing which might be why this movie is as good as it is obviously the production value is way better than we expected obviously the mm-hmm. you know whoever's in charge of making sure that the comedy and horror mix together right is that the director's job i don't know like he you know but somewhere in here somebody wrote a script that these actors could pull off these lines and not come across as stupid mm. That's a good point. Um, all right. Well, Noah, you have seen the other movie. Yes, I have. Would you like to tell us about Full Eclipse? Sorry, uh, one Mario Van Peebles. Mario Van Peebles. Uh, so, this movie is about people running and diving and shooting guns for no reason. Uh, a, uh, Mario Van Peebles and his partner are breaking into a nightclub to stop some bad guys and attempt to climb through the vents to come in for some reason, even though they're like 40 or 50 feet off the ground and clearly a lethal fall if you were to have an issue. Not if you're Mario and Peebles, it isn't. Yeah. Um, so his partner gets shot to death in the vent. Very sad. Uh, Mario Van Peebles then magically slowly floats to the ground while shooting guns. <laughs> wow. <laughs> hey, that is an accurate description of what happens. Uh, I, at the time, because I didn't know what this movie was about yet. Because again, once it's on the list, I don't bother to learn what it's about. <laughs> I legitimately thought, oh, he's some kind of supernatural being who knows how to fly. No, turns out just bad special effects. Yep, just bad special <laughs> effects. Uh. While in the hospital and apparently not completely dead, uh, somebody sneaks in, shoots his partner up with something. Partner mystically heals and uh, goes all super cop for a little while and then gets all upset and blows his own brains out. Harry Van Peebles is invited to join a special unit led by a man whose last name is Guru, which (laughs) I don't know if you guys are a deep enough nerd to know this. But do you know what the word guru is? No. It literally is werewolf. Like, guru <laughs> is an old French word that means werewolf. Not not something similar to werewolf. It's werewolf. Okay. <laughs> Which is just the most infuriatingly obvious thing, I think, is that it's ever been put into a movie. Oh, well, see, I had no idea. Yeah, no, I actually think that's pretty clever. <laughs> You guys upset me. But Your it's lack obvious. of knowledge of the world of darkness makes me sad. <laughs> it's only obvious to people who know the obscure French word for werewolf. Or play World of Darkness, because uh, in World of Darkness, uh, the different forms of being a werewolf are called the forms of the guru. <laughs> so, once again, nerd stuff. Too much nerd stuff. Uh, it turns out his, basically... His force is an elite group of drug addicts um, who are suspiciously werewolf-like. <laughs> and we find out the reason why they're suspiciously werewolf-like is because the drug is actually Guru's brain juice that they're shooting up with, and Guru is some kind of eugenics bio-engineered super werewolf? <laughs> It's sure. kind of vague. It's it's a little vague what he he describes. Uh, turns out on a full or a full eclipse, he gets super extra powerful and goes on a rampage, killing a bunch of bad guys, and then will, of course, kill off his his group of wolves and then go to another city and start all over again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, what do you think of this now? Well, I fucking I this movie's so fucking amazingly weird. And bad and good. I, I fucking love this movie. It's, uh, an, it's an interesting twist on what you can do with a werewolf movie. 
I would say that sigh from Doug makes me think he maybe did not share your same opinion. Well, I, I agree it was interesting, and I agree it was bad. I didn't agree with good or that I love it. So, two out of ten. <laughs> doesn't Noah always uh, bragging about 50%? <laughs> oh, for the life of me, I cannot understand how you cannot gleefully watch people diving for no fucking reason and then double gun shooting on the ground. It happens like 10 fucking times in the first 20 minutes of the movie. There's no purpose. Why are they diving? What are they diving over? I, I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't disagree that that happens a lot in the movie. Where my biggest complaint with the movie comes from is actually in the non-action scenes. Everything that's a non-action scene feels like a soap opera with a werewolf in it. And it's just, it's more of an atmosphere than it is anything else where I'm just like, everyone shut the fuck up and go back to jumping over shit for no reason. I can't believe how much I want to watch Maryland Peoples fall slowly from the sky again. Just shut up. And it's just, it's so fucking annoying. And just it's not like again, like, the ideas are kind of interesting so fucking explore the ideas don't just stand around and have these like fucking melodramatic conversations I, I would say there's far too many scenes in the movie that the entire crux of the scene revolves around werewolf boners <laughs> <laughs> like seriously though hmm. you get angry oh, yeah. werewolf you get a boner, werewolf. Can't get that. Can't get that werewolf boner. <laughs> um. So, I was kind of uh, in between, where I did not love this movie and I did not hate this movie. It just sort of existed. <laughs> but that's that is literally the definition of Mario Van Peebles' career. <laughs> <laughs> uh but i do i do want to say this movie gave me some early 90s nostalgia for direct to like hbo like movies that they want to try to make sexy movies because uh, <laughs> i feel like some of this is like well we can have a we can have a sex scene in a movie about um fucking werewolf cops it'll be great like our teenager demographic will love it and of course they're like oh yeah that's a that's a good 20 million idea right there <clears throat> but i feel like i watched a ton of movies like this on hbo back in the day they were all pretty terrible uh and this falls sort of right in line with those so like the nostalgia aspect kind of got me like, ah, oh, I remember when I used to watch this shit because I knew there'd be boobs in it. And then, uh, then I got sad because the rest of the movie was pretty bad. I feel like there's a disappointing lack of boobs in this movie. Well, especially because the girl from Lethal Weapon 2 is in it. And so we know that, like, she's good at being the girl in the movie that shows her boobs. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'm not saying it was the top of the sexy chain or anything, but... This is definitely like an HBO, like, we're going to put some money in it, and we're HBO, so there has to be a sex scene. But, you know, we can't go full crazy with it, but come on. No, I feel like this, the whole thing with this movie is just that it's like, they had a decent idea, they didn't have, like, I don't want to say it's just a budget issue, but they didn't have the infrastructure to make a good movie. Does that mm -hmm. make any sense? Like, you needed probably better actors and a better director and maybe one more script rewrite and all that stuff that HBO just wasn't doing at that time. Mm -hmm. They were just not capable yet. I mean, obviously they've come a long way since then. Yeah. They, I, I don't know. Like in those, like, again, you have a nostalgia for those movies. I don't. So maybe that's the difference between in a level of enjoyment. Um, because I just, I look at this and I'm like, it's just a, it's just a bad movie with some neat ideas in it. And I would be interested to see like the whole concept of like pulling serum out of a werewolf's brain and giving it to other people so that they can have some werewolf powers without going full werewolf and then use that to fight crime. That's an interesting idea. Like, I, 
I think one of the fucked up things is, I think if you take Mario Van Peebles out of this movie and replace him with an actor, like, that would dramatically improve this movie. Because <laughs> he is, he is a fucking mannequin that can talk. Like, he, but that, that's he is the, not fun to watch. I, like, I don't disagree with you. Like, he's not good in this movie, or, like, he's a stand-in in any movie for, like, better actor but everybody in this movie felt that way see really i thought i thought most of the other performances were all right i i really like the guy who does guru and i feel like once again if you put somebody with some charisma on the opposite side from him this feels a lot more like point break and a lot less like soap opera <laughs> i'm not sure if this movie's supposed to feel like point break i'm not sure if that's where i wanted it to go i'm just saying there's there's the weird relationship dynamic. <laughs> and instead of going to surf waves, he's like, lay down in my blood. <laughs> it's kind of the same thing. <laughs> I guess, in what fucking mythos does that come from? Lay down in my blood, that's how you become a werewolf. I haven't told anybody up to this point, but all you have to do is lay in my blood. Well, and that, I mean, that's the other thing is, I, don't, I think the werewolf, they clearly aren't using traditional werewolf rules. They invent their own. But then those aren't really spelled out properly. Because it's sort of weird that this guy uses his werewolf powers to fight crime. But then when he's done fighting crime in a particular city, he kills all the cops that were helping him fight the crime. Yeah. Why wouldn't he try to recruit them to come with him to the next city or whatever? Like, they were helping him achieve his goal, but then he's like, now you know my secrets, so now you're dead. Well, I, I think it's kind of supposed to be explained by the the, uh, the dude from the previous group that they find in the prison. And the idea of that just using the serum to be werewolf-ish eventually, like, burns you out and fucks you all up. And since he's not apparently actually wanting to werewolf up his team, but just keep him on his brain juice. <laughs> this is weird. I feel like we're talking about fucking uh, brain, brain damage. <laughs> oh, good lord. You want some juice, Brian? No. Uh, <laughs> I do feel like there is this weird sort of element to it where so Mario Van Peebles is like nah like we this is not good to be making cops into vampire or into werewolves but then the guy <laughs> the guy's like you need to not shut down my operation so I could go kill more bad guys and part of me is like well yeah I mean that's not that's not horrible so it's like a cop is trying to stop a guy from killing bad guys so it gets kind of confusing. Supposed to stop people. And I, I know it's 2018 and we forget this sort of thing, but cops are supposed to stop people from killing bad guys. They're supposed to stop anyone from killing anyone. That's what it's supposed to be. And as yeah, I understand it, cops aren't supposed to like execute the people that they're supposed to be taking down. This thing called placing them under arrest. In a I mean, if you guys want to put it that way, fine. And I mean, the, the movie kind of does that thing too, though, where they create this weird, like, supervillain version of criminals. Like, like in the opening scenes, there's this group of three what appear to just be like low-level thugs who take over a nightclub and take all of the people in the nightclub hostage in order. And what they're making demands for money and a Learjet, which they want the Learjet to land in the street, which doesn't really hold up logically. I, I don't. Like, that doesn't exist in the real world, right? Like, <laughs> so, like, yeah, I guess you got to shoot those guys because I don't know the other way out of that situation. But, you know, that's not, you can't, there's not going to be that many guys taking over nightclubs with machine guns that you have to have a full force of people just committing executions. Yeah. Did you guys find it weirdly horrifying that Garou's, like, crazy werewolf claw comes out of like the knuckle of his bent finger. <laughs> it is weird. Oh man, I don't like it. <laughs> I, 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 I did like that because it was quirky and weird. And... Oof. I was like, the physics of that don't make sense. That's gotta hurt real bad. <laughs> <laughs> that, that icky feeling you get 
mean it, it makes me happy to know that other people would get that feeling watching this movie so that's a problem with me did you guys like their weird super team outfits no I got really I was kind of into it I was like man that's pretty cool if I was making a group of super werewolf cop superheroes for a comic book their super suits would look a lot like that mm. yeah they know. look like bondage magneto <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you got anything else about this movie, Noah? Because I do not. <laughs> not really. Like, like I said, I mean, you really have to you have to appreciate cheese to appreciate the movie. Is the cheese the cheese is thick? I think most of the stuff where they're being werewolfy and and doing all that kind of stuff is pretty good. Uh, but the rest of it, where they're like walking around and posturing. It's almost like this movie is the opposite of the other movie where they were the other movie they were so good at combining multiple genres and here they're just completely incapable of doing it. Yes. (laughs) Accurate. But you you think that makes them both watchable movies and I disagree. That's where we're at. I don't listen. Th- th- my recommendation is if you watch the first ten minutes of this movie and when Mario Van Peebles is slowly floating to the ground shooting those fucking pistols, you aren't like uproariously laughing and having a good time. You need to shut this fucking movie off because you you've you've started the wrong thing. Go watch go watch Dead Heat. You'll like it better. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at Pod, or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to themidnightdrivein at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Did anybody watch anything since last week? Because I didn't watch Jack shit. No, I, I, I watched more Shit's Creek. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't decide if it's getting less funnier or funnier. So I'm going to keep watching it. <laughs> what about you, Doug? <laughs> I did not watch any Shit's Creek. <laughs> uh, I don't. I don't know how to respond to most of what Noah says. I don't know if you picked up. <laughs> um, I watched a couple of things. Nothing too exciting. But uh, I finally got around to watching Batman Return of the Caped Crusaders. Which oh, is yeah. Animated one where they actually got uh, Adam West in one of his the last things he ever did to mm-hmm. do the voice. And Burt Ward and Julie Newmar are there as well. Yeah. Um, so I had, it finally popped up on Netflix, so I gave it a watch. It was pretty fun. Have you guys seen it? Or Yeah, I talked about it on the show a while ago, whenever it is I watched it. Okay. It's, I thought they, uh, did. they did a good job recreating the tone of the TV show. I thought they did yeah, a pretty good job of that. I liked that the first kind of, I don't know, half hour or so, it feels like it's just a, a typical retelling of, a, of an episode, maybe to a bigger scale because they can do bigger scales and cartoons than they can in live action. Mm-hmm. But they, then it goes on to do its own thing, which was fun. Um, I thought there were most part, they did a really good job of having fun with the old show instead of making fun of the old show. And that's, that was important. The only thing I didn't really like was the, the gay jokes. I don't know the polite way to say gay jokes. Um, there's like, yeah, like the aunt keeps talking about how Bruce and and Dick are running off, and oh, they must have, they must be after one of their little secret things, and they're she's implying that they're that they're banging. <laughs> but meanwhile, like as the audience, we're seeing it as they're off, they're seeking off to be Batman and Robin, and I'm like, okay, don't call Batman gay all the time. Well, especially because it is like. Like, I don't know how they don't specify the age of the characters in the cartoon, but it's, it's not really funny if Batman's having sex with Robin. Robin's a little kid who's theoretically his ward. Like, it's, I don't know. 
I thought it was a little bit too far with the into, into the making fun of it and mocking it and not just appreciating Batman 66 for what it was, which was a surprisingly innocent show that happened to have a lot of weird sexual undertones. <laughs> Many of which I think are only there. I think a lot of the, the people viewing it as homosexual stuff, I think comes from watching it from a different perspective. And I don't think that was there at the time. I don't think, I don't think Batman's a pedophile. So <laughs> uh, other than that, I thought they did a really good job of being pretty, pretty classy to the, to the original. Mm-hmm. But the, as the plot got more and more ridiculous and it was just like, like, like spoiler alerts, I guess. But it's, uh, at the end, Batman has figured out how to duplicate himself and there's just a ton of Batman walking around and anybody who pisses Batman off, he just kills that, takes that person out and puts another Batman in charge of doing whatever that person was doing. <laughs> so, it, it, it gets pretty out of control and there's just a, a city full of Batman walking around and it's pretty funny. I, I thought that was just a, I don't know, it was ridiculous enough that it suited Batman 66, but then again, it was a unique idea that never would have gotten brought up back then, mostly because how do you do that? You can't get more than one Adam West going. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought it was fun. Yeah, I bought it. I bought it on Voodoo when it was on sale. Uh, bundled up with the sequel, which is the... Uh, Turn of the Cape Crusaders uh, fighting Two Face, and William Shatner does the voice of Two Face. Right. Yeah, but I haven't watched that one yet. So, if that one pops up on Netflix, I'll probably watch it too. Because how do you not watch William Shatner yeah. and cartoon? Yeah, and uh, that one really will be the last Adam West movie before he passed yeah. away. And and I, I do think it's, I like that they got one more in with Adam West. Like I don't know. Bit of a suck. Yeah. Uh, I've seen yeah. every episode of the Batman sixty six show a couple of times, and I know it's not the best thing ever made, but it's super fun. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, so then I lost access to all my streaming services for several days, oh. <laughs> and I didn't have cable, so I was restricted to things I own on DVD. But luckily, Rocky Part Eight is coming out soon, so I started. Uh, Started Creed Part Two, but yes, whatever. I started emotionally preparing for that by rewatching the original Rocky, which is one of the best movies ever made. And I always like to, whenever I watch it, I always like to remind whoever's willing to listen to me that they should go back and watch it because I think too many people associate the name Rocky with Rockies Three and Four, which are the cartoonish, over-the-top, big-budget action movie-type Rockies. Mm-hmm. Um, and they people forget just how fucking good that first movie is. It yeah. really it won the award for best picture in '76, and it deserves it. Like it's the performances are great. They it's a prime example of like having no budget and being forced to do things. You know, guerrilla filmmaking style where they're filming they're filming certain scenes from like a distance because they're not really supposed to be filming there <laughs> and you know they're having to go and film in actual locations because you can't recreate them and all that kind of stuff and it's just I, just I really like that 70s style filmmaking you know Jaws or Rocky or all those types of movies Taxi Driver The Godfather they all just spend this really unreasonable amount of time just exploring the world in which the story takes place and getting to know the, the main characters and I really like it. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I feel like Rocky, the whole series, that sort of falls in line with um, Rambo as well. Like, I tried to, not I tried, but w- when me and uh, my wife first started dating, I told her, I'm like, oh, we should watch First Blood. And she's like, Rambo, like, I don't want to watch that. And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. You're thinking of like Rambo 3. First yeah. Blood is actually a really good drama on PTSD and people coming back from Vietnam. And I'm like, we should watch it. And she watched it. She's like, holy shit, that's a lot different than I thought it was. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like an amazing movie, too. And it's like people forget because they get overtaken by the louder sequels. Mm-hmm. 
like I like I always look at Rocky and go like one and two are good drama films, three is a good sports movie, four is just a collection of montages in a row, <laughs> five is really just objectively a bad movie, and that's another like great drama film. Again, it's a drama film about a guy who happens to be a boxer. It's not so much about the boxing. Mm-hmm. But I, I I just I really like all the movies seem to be about this guy who just just wants to be a decent guy. He's not trying to do anything wrong or trying to prove anything to anybody. And he kind of just keeps being put into these situations, all of them involving boxing. But, you know, <laughs> it's, you know, and anyways, so you'll hear more about Rocky probably next week. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm going to end up watching more Rocky. <laughs> That's not a bad thing. No. And, uh, yeah. At least until you get to part five. Well, I might, yeah. I, I've figured out I don't think I have time to watch all of the movies before mm. leading up to Creed 2. So I'm going to have to figure it out. Well, technically, since it's Creed, you could just watch like the first four and then Creed and then go see Creed 2. You'd yeah, probably be good. How would I know why Rocky's living back in the old neighborhood? <laughs> Rocky Balboa is a phenomenal movie. Yeah, that's a good one too. Skip it. So, um, I don't know. I might just have to get sick or something and stay home from work a few days and watch <laughs> Rocky movies. <laughs> I haven't figured it out yet. I'm working on it. <laughs> uh, other than that, I started watching Fargo season three. Oh yeah. So I only got like two episodes in, um, but it's really good so far as have been the other seasons. It's just the first two episodes are kind of just the setup and mm-hmm. I really like the way it went. Um, yeah. They always start off like, especially season three starts off and it's just like, uh, I don't know. This may be the season that I don't like, but then like you get into it and you're like, no, nah, I was wrong. This season's amazing too. Well, yeah, and I mean, the thing with season three is, by the second episode, there's a main character who drops a an air conditioning unit out of a window onto a guy's head. <laughs> and you're like, I'm going to keep watching if that's the kind of stuff you're going to put in your show. Uh-huh. So I, I think this is going to get really good. I really liked the setup of the every season of Fargo has like a murder that happens kind of by accident because of stupid people and in this case it's like a guy loses the address he's supposed to be going to to murder somebody and ends up in the wrong town and looks up somebody with a similar name and goes and kills that guy (laughs) and uh, it's I liked the way all that played out it looks like now like there's going to be secrets behind the, the deceased guy turns out he's not who he said he was or something not really sure yet Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Play. Ewan McGregor's good. He's yeah, playing, he's playing twins on this season. He's not playing twins. Everybody told me they were twins, but when uh, you just brothers, I guess. Yeah, just brothers. And I will tell you this: like the makeup on, like the one character looks like Ewan McGregor with a funny haircut. <laughs> the other character, the makeup on him so good that it wasn't until the two characters were talking to each other on screen that I realized it was the same actor. And I know who Ewan McGregor is, so it, there were multiple scenes of him, and I'm like, I didn't realize it was him at all. I kept waiting for a second guy that looked like Ewan McGregor to show up. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, nice. Once I get over this Rocky hump, I'll get back to watching the. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really stressful life I have. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. Next week, uh, we are going to be watching two movies based on Dean Koontz books because anybody that listened to the episode with my friend Tony, he suggested we should watch Whispers. And of course, then we had to team it up with Watchers. So, Watchers, the Corey Haim led vehicle, which I'm surprised Doug is willing to let me pick another Corey Haim movie after last time. Well, you're going to watch this one, right? I'll watch it because I actually somewhat enjoy this movie, even for as bad as it is. I liked Watchers back in the day. 
Corey Haim and Michael Ironside together. And that is that is the flip side. Michael Ironside's in this movie. I'm reasonably confident the hero of the movie is a super smart dog, but I can't remember all the details. Yeah. So you are correct. And then whispers I've never seen. So if it sucks, that one's on Tony. <laughs> all we know about it is it's based on a Dean Coots book, and it's hard to find. So if you're planning to watch along with us, you might want to start searching for it as soon as you uh, as soon as you hear this episode. Yeah, try looking up movies called Watchers and Whispers and see what happens. <laughs> you can get a copy on Amazon for $140. Jesus Christ. This is not worth that at all. It might be. We no. won't until next week. Let's, let's keep everybody in suspense. Keep in mind, I just watched Watchers like about a year, just maybe a little bit over a year ago. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm not I saying just, it's good or bad. Just I'm just saying I've seen it. In 1989 and my memories are pretty positive. <laughs> uh, the funny thing is, I watched it when I was younger. Really enjoyed it. Got older, read the book, and was like, man, this book's amazing. This movie is nothing like the book. And then got aggravated there wasn't anything like the book. Uh, um, usually, uh, usually fine with them telling two different stories, one in a book and one in a movie, as long as neither of them is my favorite. And both are done well. Yeah. It's my subtle way of taking a dig at the World War Z movie saying I wouldn't be so angry at it if it told a whole different story, but it was decent. Instead, it sucks. <laughs> Never saw it. Well, don't. It's terrible. <laughs> terrible fucking movie. It looked terrible from the previews. That's why I, I was like, nah, I know. Nah, I don't need to watch that. The book is so good. I got tricked. <laughs> Still mad at that movie. What other movies? What other movies are you getting tricked by? Oh, it's got to be some. Have <laughs> <laughs> you been tricked by a trailer, Noah? Uh, a few. Is it is it fair to say that you get tricked, Noah, or do you like watch a movie and then it turns out to be okay, and you're like, "Well, that I expected that to be terrible, and now you're angry." Oh, no, that has happened before. <laughs> that did happen to me the first time I saw Chud. I was like, I remember like renting it with a buddy and being like, what happens if this isn't completely terrible? And then it's not. Like, it's enjoyable to watch. And I'm like, well, that's not what we rented it for. <laughs> and walk all the way to the video store to get Chud so I could come back here and be entertained by it. I'm supposed to be laughing at this movie, not with this movie. <laughs> And then you saw Chud 2. It was all good. I did not see Chud 2. <laughs> Still have yet to see Bud the Chud. It is. Uh, it is a very different movie. I, I feel like it's almost like a, a troll, troll 2 scenario. Yeah. Completely unrelated. Just Well, I mean, it's, it's tied in, but I don't... Uh, I think it's tied in in the way that Italians tie stuff in. You know what I mean? They're like, no, no fuck it. We're just going to put these names on here and call this a day. <laughs> Keep in mind, Noah, before you joined the film, we did uh, compare and contrast the two conflicting sequels to Alien. Because there's Aliens and then there's Alien 2. Want to guess which one was made in Italy? <laughs> the dose. Which I believe that that Alien Two may have gotten a Blu-ray release since we reviewed it. I think it has, or at least some other form of release. Maybe just somebody shared a link on Facebook <laughs> to where you can stream it. I don't know. There, there are there is only one group of people that make far more shameful uh, stolen IP movies, and that is. Turkey. One day I'm going to sit myself down and watch some of those Turkish movies. Holy shit. I've like, only clips. We, like, we, we need to put some on the list because they're like, I mean, it's like eating a fistful of mushrooms and sitting at a sweat jacket. <laughs> it, is, it is a fucking experience that will destroy your insides. <laughs> See, I, I don't know if we can throw them on the list because I tend to try to sit quietly and pay attention to the movies we watch for them. I guess that I, I just don't know if we should be doing that with those movies. I feel like there has to be, you know, 
at least three or four people in the room and at least three or four beers for each person in the room in order for those to be tolerable. Yeah, we need to we need to do three Devadom and uh, and Turkish Star Wars. Mm. Three three Devadoms, like just the just the trailer for it. You're like, what in the fuck? <laughs> Uh, Alien 2 on Earth did get a Blu-ray release from 88 <laughs> Films really? as part of their Italian collection. Yeah. And apparently you can buy it used for $9 plus $4 shipping. Well, I would never pay that for that movie, but... Uh, it's only it's only a Region B anyway. Oh. Or Region 2 or whatever the fuck. Does that include Italy? Does that mean that they just want their own movies over there? <laughs> Like we don't want none of those damn American movies. Do you think like there's like Italian podcasters sitting around complaining about how Aliens is such a ripoff because they took I did the idea of Alien and then used it to make a, a sequel. <laughs> Alien Two is the real sequel. <laughs> Obviously, they already did a sequel and they're acting like this doesn't even matter. This is bullshit. They don't even talk about them spelunking in that cave. <laughs> Fucking nonsense, man. Nobody's setting up a tent underground for any reasons. <laughs> there's no there's no scenes where the place is abandoned and they're driving down the street and there's just other cars also on the street that's supposed to be abandoned. <laughs> uh, that's so funny. That movie was so bad. <laughs> what kind of a dumbass alien sequel doesn't have a bowling alley in it? <laughs> <laughs> is, is Alien 2 set in the Bronx? Because that's another good. <laughs> Where is it set? Like A lot of it takes place in, in a cave, i.e. without having to pay for a set. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. All I remember is them going into the cave and then something that does not look like a xenomorph whatsoever starts killing people. Yeah. For some reason, they spent a lot of time on the beach, too, and I cannot remember why. <laughs> it's probably better we forget <laughs> it's best for everyone please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater and now folks it's time to say goodnight we sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.